0: hello everyone welcome to another episode of em weekly uh this week we're going to talk about back to school i know the south like you guys start early for some reason i don't know glutton for punishment you like to be in the hot school like your schools are probably air conditioned i live in the north i don't know how that works but uh for a lot of the country we're coming into uh the start of the school year this stuff is still relevant even if your school's already started um We're going to talk about things that schools should be considering. So if you're a school, uh, any any employee within a school and then things that parents should be doing uh, to help their students prepare for the upcoming year and uh, to hopefully be ready for uh, any type of incident that may occur. So first, let's go to uh, our ads. We'll get those out of the way and I'll be right back.
1: The Readiness Lab is trailblazing disaster readiness. Early access for the highly anticipated course, Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations is currently live. Space is limited to 40. Go to thereadinesslab.com forward slash training to learn more. The L3Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today.
0: Okay, I'm back. Uh, so... Real quick, I was going to do an entire episode on kind of where Maui is right now and the uh, impacts of the fire, uh, obviously, on lah- Lahaina. I I'm, I'm hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, and I had this whole episode that I actually previously recorded, and I was trying to be very, very, you know, thoughtful because I think there's a lot of emergency managers that are out there that are making a lot of sort of assumptions uh, and maybe... Trying to Monday morning quarterback more than they should um, at this point. And, and even if they're right, uh, which unfortunately it sounds like uh some of the accusations and and sort of uh concerns may be founded. Um the agency is still responding to this emergency. And I think accountability for mistakes is absolutely critical. Um, but I don't know if using our position and our voice to sort of, uh, distract the agency from its mission right now is, uh, the best course of action. So just think about it when you're posting, I think criticism, there's certainly criticism, uh, like I said, that is founded, uh, the director of the agency stepped down, uh, today, I believe, or last night, um, amid concerns of decisions that he made, Uh, and of course people are calling into question his experience. Um, but as emergency managers, what we should be doing right now is not trying to maybe trash an agency that is currently struggling in a, in a, I mean, just an unbelievable disaster, just a a terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, but we could take stock of stuff we can do immediately to sort of respond to that. So, you know, just real fast things to think of you know, one of the biggest concerns was, uh, emergency notifications. They had sirens. I've heard all sorts of discussion. Well, they're, they're tsunami sirens, they're weather sirens. They were all hazard sirens. They have digital, they're, they're electronic digital sirens. You can do whatever you want on it. It's actually, if you go to the, uh, uh, Hawaii department of defense website that, uh, manages their siren system, it says they're all hazard sirens. So like, instead of being, you know, like, don't, whatever the, the incident occurred, they didn't get used. I don't know why we'll figure that out in the after action process, but for you start to think about your pace plan when you're doing public communications as emergency managers, that is the most critical thing. I I honestly say it's, it's probably the thing that we can do that has the most impact on life safety, uh, is communicating an emergency. So, uh, think of your, uh, like consider a, a pace plan, if you will, for your public communications, your primary, your alternate, your contingency and your emergency. Primary goes down. What's your backup plan? If your backup goes down, <laughs> what's your contingency plan? And if all else fails, so this is why like, uh, don't build exercises that are basically like designed to pat you on the back for like doing a good job. You want to really test your systems, make sure that like, you know, don't be afraid to break stuff. That is the whole point of this. You don't want to be uh, in the national spotlight because you did not for, uh, forecast far out enough, the type of issues you may run into. You didn't, uh, dig deep enough to identify the issues you may face. So of everything that's sort of occurring right now, I think, uh, the two things that, that I have personally taken stock of is what are all of the ways that you can communicate in an emergency. Um, to get information to people so that they can make their decision. Uh, you know, think of this as like the options based, you know, training that we're doing with active shooter, right. Run, hide, fight. That's essentially a three level plan of, uh, you know, if, if you can do this, do that. If you can't do that, do this. If you can't do this, do that. Like you have several options. And at the very end, the last resort is, you know, fight for your life. Um, we need to sort of think of that in the same way with when we're communicating disasters like we need to provide opportunities and decision making capabilities we do not have to direct down to the granular level what people need to do to get out of a situation sometimes we just have to tell them it's happening and it could be a real dirty and uh you know the the last thing you want to do but if a siren could potentially wake people up to be like oh something is occurring and Um, you know, sirens are sort of universally recognized as something bad is happening. It might cause people to go and, and go outside and look around and start to make decisions for themselves. So don't, I guess what I'm saying is if you're in the worst situation possible and you have, you know, you can't do all the stuff that you have planned for and procedures for, don't just give up or not sort of take that additional step. Just think about that. And again, I don't know that that's what happened in Maui. Um, but I'm just saying from like my personal perspective, you know, I was trying to reflect on why wouldn't I use that system and sort of going through like what those options are. Um, and then also, uh, if all of my other systems are down, you know, is that, is there some sort of capability similar to that, that I might be able to tap into? So reflect, uh, but give Maui the, the, the ability to sort of respond, don't distract them and, and make, you know, like they're, they're beat up. Like this is a, this is just an absolute tragedy. So we don't need to like further that. Uh, This is why we have after action, you know, processes. Uh, So, and then the other thing is professionalization of emergency management. I think we really need to take into consideration uh, you know, the, the Maui emergency manager sounds like maybe did not have all of the capabilities. Uh, This is something we've talked about a lot, you know, in these uh, appointments um, or hiring processes is, making sure that, you know, when you're hiring for these positions that that folks are qualified. So anyways, I'll leave it at that. We're talking school safety. Uh, it is the start of the school year. We're entering national preparedness month, uh, in a couple weeks. So I thought let's go and, uh, talk about school safety. So uh, I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of the school. I've been very fortunate. I've been working with my uh, my school district, uh, I'm volunteering with them. Um, you know, my I have kids in school. My wife's a teacher. Uh, this is really, really important to me. Um, and so we spent the summer doing a lot of work and talking about how our school district will be better, uh, you know, uh, more ready for this coming year and, and the issues that we may face, uh, as well as like you know, better prepared to sort of respond to any disaster. So um, if you work for a school, if you are a school administrator, if you're an emergency manager that has schools in your district, what are some things you can do at the start of the year? Well, first and foremost, the start of the year is a good time to sort of reflect and review all of your plans, right? Make sure your emergency operations plans are up to date. Uh, You know, one thing that I, uh, I recently saw at another school district was You know, they were looking at the town emergency management plan and it was missing names of principals. So they didn't even have contact information if something were to occur to get a hold. In fact, one of them was several years out. It was a principal had, you know, left the school years ago. Um, so ensuring that information is out, you know, distributing that plan to everyone, really everyone in the school should at least be familiar with it. Um, and understanding it. Training and drills. Uh, Think about the types of training and drills that you can do. Obviously, there are some that are mandated. Um, You have your fire drills. uh, You usually have lockdown drills. A lot of schools are moving to options based drills, which is awesome. But drilling doesn't work. Exercises don't work if you don't have people trained in it. So make sure everyone's trained in those procedures and those policies. And think of it as crawl, walk, run. Uh, be super smart when you're dealing with kids. You don't want to traumatize them um, because that's just going to make them shut down and, and not actually learn anything from the experience. Uh, same with teachers. I mean, like, not everyone is a. Especially for us that work in the emergency, you know, services world, uh, we're kind of used to these this thought process. But uh, a teacher is not. You know, a cop, a firefighter, an EMT, an emergency manager. So make sure you're very thoughtful in how you're delivering this stuff. And again, uh also drill things that are actually real threats. So as part of your emergency response plan, uh or your emergency operations plan, you should be conducting regular hazard vulnerability analysis, understanding if your your sort of risks and probabilities and and hazards have changed over the course of the last time that you've done you've done this. Um so, you know, for instance, adding some stuff, we've, we've added more, uh, emphasis on after school activities, sports, cause that's where there's been issues. So, you know, looking at, you know, building out some of the plans and procedures for sporting events and, and stuff. So really just go through all this stuff, figure out your hazards, make sure that you're training for the right stuff. You know, active shooter, of course, is always like way up there, but again, it's astronomically small probability. Do not Get so hung up on that, that you forget the other things that you may face that are high probability, high consequence. Um, You know, I'm not saying don't do active shooter stuff, obviously, especially for parents. uh, That's that's always going to be on the forefront of their minds. But uh, test your communication systems. Not a terrible idea at the beginning of the year to send out a message uh, that says, you know, hey, this is a test of the blah, 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 school district emergency notification system. This is how we're going to reach out to you. We're gonna tell you this kind of information, et cetera. Um, I highly recommend that uh, a lot of school systems when they use their communication systems, they don't follow the same sort of mass notification strategies that we do uh, on the emergency management side. Um, so if you're in there, I recommend looking at the Warn Room. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Sutton's um, website that talks about uh, best practices for messaging. Uh, there's a new IPOS, um best practices uh, guidebook that just came out from FEMA. It's really good. Actually, it's really, really good. Uh, there's a ton of good information about me- building messages for different levels. So usually even those systems have, you know, text message, email, phone call. So understanding the capabilities of your system, test that ahead of time. With that, it means that you also need to make sure that you're sending out information. So you get updated uh, contact info, um, et cetera. Check all of your safety equipment supplies, you know, make sure that your uh, AEDs are in the cabinets that you're, you know, any blood, you know, first aid kits, uh, stop the bleed kits. All those things are, uh, adequate that stuff isn't expired. It isn't all like rotted out, whatever missing. Um, I think that's a good thing. Uh, usually during the summer, your facilities, folks have tested fire alarms and sprinklers and all that stuff. Um, you know, just as if you have responsibility in that, ensure that that stuff is being done. Um, think about equipment you may need. Uh, we're entering hurricane season. We're in hurricane season. So if you're, you know, you've got stuff for that. Uh, just, you know, uh, sheltering kits, like a lot of schools are also shelters. They're also unification centers go through all those kits, make sure everything's up to date. Um, checking with, you know, making sure that you are, um, prepared for all of your community, right. Ensuring that, um, any functional needs or accessibility needs are met, um, that you're thinking about the entirety of the community and your planning, uh, efforts, uh, and that, you know, how you communicate to them, how you're going to support, uh, all of your community, uh, in the event of an emergency, really, really important. Uh, talk to your first response agencies in the area, talk to your emergency management agency, you know, just touch base with them. Hey, we updated our plans. Here's some new stuff. Hey, we have a new administrator. Here's their contact information. And they might have a bunch of resources that they can provide you. Um, It's also a good time of year, you know, fire safety month or fire safety week is in October. um, But like getting all the different public safety agencies to sort of come in, introduce themselves to staff and, and make sure that, you know, nothing's changed in their procedures as well. Just touch base. Transportation plan, make sure that, nothing has changed before, uh, the start of the school year. If you need to evacuate the school, uh, if you need to, uh, reun- you know, set up a reunification center somewhere and bus students around, uh, you know, has, have roads closed. Do you have any issues in transportation? I know every school district basically has uh, a sh- bus shortage. So in an emergency, if you don't have bus drivers, what are you doing? Cause, uh, if you need to evacuate a school, um, I can promise you that saying, well, we didn't have enough bus drivers is not going to be a solution. Um, Get parents involved. So when you communicate out, send a message, you know, every we send all these messages out at the beginning of the year. Um, I'm currently filling out all of my uh, school, like registration stuff, uh, but also communicate like, Hey, this is how we're going to communicate to you in an emergency. So you can anticipate uh, if something were to happen, this is what to expect uh, set some, uh, standards ahead of time. Hey, uh, if there's an emergency, please don't come to the school. You're actually just going to impede the response and make it more difficult to get help there. We will tell you where to go. Um, you may already have pre-designated reunification centers. You might just say like, Hey, we're, the best thing you can do is, is maybe stay home or, or if you feel like you have to go, go to this location, uh, off-site and we'll provide more information from there. Um, and then try to like, you know, make that an open dialogue. Like what are the things that they're worried about? You know, answer those questions so that you can allay those fears, uh, and start out the school year on a strong note. Um, take care of your staff and, uh, yourself, emotional, uh, you know, psychological support, uh, make sure you have, you know, all the mental health stuff, uh, built in with that. So, um, you know, student, deaths, uh, disasters that impact schools, all this stuff. It just has such a, you know, huge impact on the the school personnel. Um, you need to think about that ahead of time, make sure that you have that stuff sorted out. Um, and student, uh, mental health as well. You know, do you have the counselors and, um, you know, support that you need if something were to occur to support the students and, and help them through that? cybersecurity uh again another good time of the year to when everyone's sort of checking their email and they're they're in it uh how you know stuff like to identify whether or not it's official messaging from the school like don't click on links that are asking you for this information you won't ever need to provide this information to the school we have that stuff on file that type of stuff um <clears throat> you know all this stuff that you know as emergency managers we kind of do in a cycle schools should be doing every year and especially at the start of the year it's just a really good time to sort of Come back, get your staff trained up, <clears throat> talk about any changes, uh, set the pace for the rest of the year, um, and you know, uh, just build on whatever good stuff you've been doing. Uh, I highly recommend, if you don't have one, uh, you build safety teams within your schools and a safety team within the district uh, that can meet monthly, every other month, whatever, regularly enough that <clears throat> you're capturing things that you're learning throughout the year as well as, um, keeping everyone sort of proficient, right. Thinking about this stuff so that if it happens, you're ready to go. Um, we're actually this year introducing, uh, in our team, a mini tabletop that we're going to do at the end of every meeting. Um, you know, 15 minutes, just talk through a scenario with a few injects and, uh, just flex our muscles and make sure that everyone is, is ready. Uh, you know, if something were to occur and to, you know, you know, it's really hard, especially during the school year to find time to do really big training and exercising. So these little nuggets just keep people thinking it doesn't let that muscle atrophy. So, and as parents, what can you do? Uh, you do hold a responsibility for your children at the school. I know like, uh, a lot of people just like to, you know, sort of think it's, you know, the school's got it all figured out, but there is a, obviously a huge amount of responsibility as a parent, uh, to also check in on your school and make sure that's ready. So Understand all the policies, procedures that are expected of you uh, during an emergency. You know, do you know where you're supposed to go? Do you know how you'll be notified? Uh, are you getting the emails? Are you getting the phone calls uh, when they send out messaging? Um, and you know, is is there everyone involved that you need involved? Uh, you know, are both parents or guardians you know connected? Uh, do you need grandparents? Like, who who needs to be in the notification process? Um, and just understanding your role in an emergency and how you can help to make that response even more efficient. So during reunification, what kind of stuff do you need to know? You need to have your ID, right? You need to have, um, all the information for your child, uh, name, you know, uh, maybe description. Cause you know, in the event of an emergency kids may be traumatized and not remember <laughs> what their last name is or where they live or who their parents, you know, are their, their names. So, um, you know, giving your student, uh, information so that they have, uh, their own, uh, means like, do they have, uh, your phone number? Um, do they know their address at home? All this stuff, you know, teach your kids this, and then talk to your kids about what happens in an emergency, you know, cause kids are, it's scary. Like they don't know what a fire alarm means. They don't know what an active shooter exercise is. Um, so talk to your parents or sorry, as parents, talk to your kids, um, communicate them effectively, uh, at their level, like, you know, try to break down how things are going to occur and, and what you're going to do and how you'll get to them and, and just comfort them so that they, they know that, um, you know, a, it's unlikely anything that's going to, is going to happen, but if it does, here's what we'll do. And here's where I'll find you and I'll come get you. Um, it's really important for parents and guardians to sort of, uh, be that voice because again, like, you know, the schools are very, very good at communicating this, but, um, you know, just think who would you like to hear this hard information from, you know? Uh, so again, provide accurate information, make sure that all of your stuff is up to date, uh, within the school. So when they send out those forms at the beginning of the year, it's not like a nice to have like emergency information, really, really important. God forbid something happens, uh, you want them to be able to reach you and, uh, you want them to, uh, you know, basically provide you whatever information they can in an emergency. So make sure that's up to date. Um, you know, consider stuff to send to school that might help them. Um, you know, a lot of uh, if you're in an area where you know you're impacted by hurricanes or tornadoes or something, you know, if there's stuff you can give your student to sort of uh, provide them uh, comfort or or capability, um, you know, think about that. Um, talk to other parents in the community. Maybe uh, take initiative and and set up um, you know some sort of readiness club, I don't know, uh, where you're talking to other parents and talking about, well, what will we do if there's an emergency? Like, let's say we know there's a railroad between my work and the school. If I can't get there, you know, could the neighbor or a friend, uh, another parent within the school system, um, you know, come get the kids. Uh, so just really coordinate and, and make a community out of this. Uh, social capital is one of the strongest indicators of like success in an emergency. Um, and that's basically how tight knit the community is and how much trust is in the community. Um, so if you feel like you don't have that, uh, there's an opportunity there to sort of build that and, and take some initiative on that and maybe even set up like a, uh, you know, preparedness month event, uh, where you hand out information, bring in all the public safety people do it as a PTA or, or even just as parents, you know, trying to help each other out. Um, make sure you're checking in on your kids. Right. Uh, I, I hate when I, when the bad stuff happens and you know, they're like, well, the kid had all these warning signs, um, and parents didn't recognize it or they missed it. Um, you know, understand what your kid's going through, check in on them, make sure they're okay. Uh, you don't want something bad to happen because you missed it. Uh, don't be afraid to have conversations, hard conversations and check in like what's going on in the school, get the temperature of the school. What kind of stuff is happening there that might impact, you know, your student, um, or other students. So, um, they'll get the, the packet, right. The, the family communication plan, the family evacuation plan. When that comes in the mail, go through that. That's comforting to kids for them to know. Well, what do I do if the fire alarm goes off in my house? Where am I supposed to go? Um, if uh, I'm at school, how do I get a hold of my family? What am I supposed to do? Uh, just through those exercises, uh, you're going to build comfort. You're going to build familiarity, and uh, that will make them, you know, more ready to handle hard situations um, and give them the tools to get out of situations. So really, really stress that, uh, that it's really important to sort of take initiative on that. Um, be the example. Uh, we've had so many issues, uh, everyone does with sports and stuff, right? Parents just losing their minds, setting a bad example. You as a parent or guardian have responsibility to be the example for your children. So whatever you want them to be out in the world, reflect that. Um, so stay calm, you know, uh, take initiative to uh, you know do things around your house to to be more prepared, um, and just you know show that even in an emergency, if you remain calm, you'll be able to respond better. So be that influence uh, there. Um, you know, check in with the school regularly. If you read things like so, our whole state has recently changed. Uh, they just legislated that now you have to have an emergency operations plan. There's access control stuff. So our first day of school is going to be much more complicated because there's actual uh, legal requirements now for schools to secure the buildings. And there's going to be much more strict uh, access control and, um, you know, school visitor policies. So whereas before you may have been able to just basically wander in, talk to the, you know, admin person up front and then go walk down to the classroom, pick up your kid, that may not be an option anymore. Um, And this is not just for like, the you know, sort of active shooter scenario. This is just in general, like it is a learning environment. There's a lot of children there. Uh, and we don't need strangers or, you know, people who shouldn't be in schools wandering around. Um, and even as a parent, you know, uh, your sort of presence can be disruptive, right? Uh, it's true. Uh, I know like everyone thinks that like, yes, I have the absolute right to go get my kid. Of course. Like I want, if I want my children, I'm going to go get them. But at the same time, uh, If I know the procedures ahead of time, it's going to make my life easier. So for instance, most schools now are going to require that you have some form of ID because just because you say, oh, I'm Johnny's dad, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, You need to be able to, you know, the the name should be in the system somewhere that this is a, you know, parent or guardian that is authorized to do this. Uh, This will also help schools with issues like, um, you know, parents that are not supposed to, you know, they don't have custody or, other family issues that that might be brought to the the school campus um, uh, so just understand those rules and regulations and and what you need to do in order to make it easier for you and to make it less uh, difficult for the school and then finally just be a good advocate right if you recognize uh, that the schools or your district are are not stepping up and doing everything they can uh, so I basically I put up or shut up I I had There was a incident that had occurred around the state and uh, our school district responded in a way that I was like, it was fine. But I was like, you know, just, I was like, just so you know, I'm an emergency manager. Uh, I'm trying not to, you know, judge how you handle this too much, but if you did this, it would be that much better. And it would actually make your life easier. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Hey, is there any way you can come and volunteer? And I was like, absolutely. I'd love to. And that was, uh, you know, almost, I think it was almost a year ago. Uh, and uh, I've continued to volunteer. I love it. And I get to take part in helping my school be better uh, prepared for emergencies and, and ready for whatever, you know, they may face this year. So, you know, it's don't, especially if you have a skill set or or knowledge and experience you can bring to them, like most schools are not going to turn you away. They're, they're going to say, hey, do you want to volunteer and help us get better? And you should step up and do that. So, So yeah, school starting, uh, it's, you know, that's one of those government, uh, entities that is, uh, so critical. And when things go South, they go South so fast. Uh, so, you know, the more we can do at the start of the year to get the schools ready, to get the parents and guardians ready, uh, the better off long-term, uh, that will be if something is to occur. So anyways, uh, as always, if uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, if you want to share comments, uh, talk about this, uh, I'd love to chat more about this. This is an area that uh, we're very, very passionate about at the Readiness Lab and uh, Doberman Emergency Management. Um, you know, we work with a lot of schools, K through 12 and higher ed institutions uh, because they're so important. Uh, it's where we're all built. <laughs> and so we want education to be as safe and, uh, you know, accessible and functional as possible. Um, and we want students to be comfortable, uh, that the school is going to do everything in its power to keep them safe. So, um, like comment, share, uh, and, uh, like I said, I'd love to hear your thoughts or ideas and and how to, uh, make schools, uh, you know, ready for the coming school year. Uh, and that's it. Chat with you guys later.